I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, hi, ho, neighborinos, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where I have apparently become Ned Flanders, destroyer of worlds. I, uh, I hate it. I'm gone. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, whilst we're, you know, dealing with that, let's say hi to our amazing co-hosts, uh, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. How are you guys? How are you doing? No, no. Howdy I'm, ho. I'm gone. I'm gone. I left. Remember, <laughs> I told you I was leaving. You're still talking to me now, so you can might as well answer my question. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you for asking. But I, I'm going to say right now, um, you guys are rating on you guys rate on Tuesdays, right? Or you rate on Wednesdays? Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. Mondays so, and Wednesdays. Yes. You got it. So you'll, you'll have a day to get used to ten point one point five before you. Yeah, have to we. It. I think we. I think we do the smart thing where we never try to rate on patch day. That is a smart thing. I will give you full credit on that one because every other guild I've ever been in raids on Tuesdays and man. It's like, no, this is just going to be, if I went to a raid tonight, I would just be, I would still be sitting here with like three class guides up trying to remember what my hotkeys are because every skill has changed now. I mean, this is for Holy Paladins. This is like Cataclysm 2.0. Maybe not quite as bad as Cataclysm, but it's like, black is white, white is dark. It's yes. And then when you log in, the first thing that happens is everyone's like, let's go do the new mega dungeon. And you're like, oh, God, I don't even know. To be fair, I want to do the mega dungeon. I really want to do the mega dungeon. I I do. But I also it's like, okay, where do I find room on my keyboard to put five new cool down hotkeys? I don't know. I can't. I can't do this yet. So at least I have until tomorrow. Figured this out. So, yeah, I think that that serves as a pretty good way to just jump right into various things going on. (laughs) If you are listening to this show live, you know full well that 10.1.5 went live today. If you are listening to us recording, usually goes up by Friday, I believe. Yeah, the recording's on Friday. So you will be listening back on our recollections of the chaos of this Tuesday that happened three days ago to you. So, you know, time is, is flexible and all that. But there is a lot to talk about in terms of 10.1.5. I mean... I've I've actually been c- convinced to log on to see some of it even. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I it's hard to get me away from Diablo Four, but they managed. Uh, although it next week, rough. next week they'll probably be managing to send me the other way. I feel like a ping pong ball. Blizzard is just playing with really, it. yeah. Uh, but maximum engagement. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I feel a little overly engaged, quite frankly. Uh, my doctor trip today was a nice break because I wasn't just staring at Diablo 4 all day going, if I run a level but, 40. But you were thinking about it while you were there, and we know you oh, were. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> when I, talk, well, I, I dream in it now. It's like Tetris, except you know with a lot more demon than hmm. Tetris. At least I think so. Getting back to this, we've got the new Evoker <laughs> spec, which is the augmentation Evoker. That's the one that's kind of... Uh, I'm legitimately excited about that. Yeah, uh, we've got time rift events, which is kind of like go back in time and uh, fight guys we've already fought, but with less people and 
you know, it's weird. Um, I'm not sure what the time rifts are all about. I didn't get a chance to do it. Um, we've got the Kalimdor Dragon Racing. Uh, we've got letting crazy adventurers take care of babies, which I don't think is a great idea. <laughs> I and love, I, I love how when you go there, like the first thing that the, the NPC says is, or one of the NPCs says, don't you want to check my, uh, my certifications? And the, the one's like, nope, you volunteered. I trust that's good enough. Get to work. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm the guy that once took an orphan to multiple battlegrounds. <laughs> and yet, well, here we go. They literally asked for it. There, there was an achievement to be had for that. So, obviously, you know what motivates event- adventurers? It's loot and achievements. It's filling up those little green bars. Yeah. So, you offer us one of these things, and it's like, okay, I need to drag my orphan through a war zone. No big deal. No, and that's you know, with that can-do spirit, we will be raising the next generation <laughs> of dragons. Uh, maybe it'll work. I don't know. Dragons are kind of nuts. But uh, in addition to all that, we've got the uh, Dawn of the Infinite's Mega Dungeon, which is kind of all about Nosdormu's, uh, literally Nosdormu's midlife crisis. In that you know, he he should be turning into an evil an evil jerk now and possibly driving a sports car. I, I don't know about that part, but <laughs> definitely turning into an evil. Jerk. So yeah, um, I'm not going to spoil anything. That's, that's the, the lunch trailer for this patch has that information in it. Um, but I will say that it's interesting that we're getting, we are now at the middle part of this expansion. Yep. And with this patch, we've now got new information. Like for instance, uh, this is a mild spoiler. But I feel like they've put it, they've put it in enough videos. Alex Straz has been keeping secrets about her relationship with some of these dragons, the 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 uh, the elemental avatar dragons, because she's clearly knows one of them pretty well. Uh, they had a conversation, and that's that's interesting. Uh, we know that Eridicron's up to something because he's involved heavily in all the events going on here. Uh, Firex off burning people. It, it it's definitely shaping up that the dragon avatars or whatever you want to call them, dragon. What are they called? Aspects. Aspects. No, 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 no. The, the, the elemental ones. Oh. Um, uh, I can never remember if they're called mm-hmm. ele- elemental avatars. or No, no. Uh, primal incarnates. Yes, primal incarnates, thank you. Thank you. Uh, the primal incarnates are maybe not going to be the what we thought they were. Um, and that's interesting to me. We're, we're, we're seeing signs of... I don't want to say humanity because, you know, there's no humanity here, but signs of like things other than revenge and hate going on in at least some of them. So that's cool. Uh, which one, I'm going to say straight up, what of all the stuff coming in this patch, uh, Liz first, what are you most interested in getting into the, the, the paladin changes or something else? I mean, personally, it's got to be the paladin changes because it's a it's a huge rework to Holy Paladins, and I'm playing a Holy Paladin, and I'm obsessing over this to the exclusion of other content because it's like I have to figure out how this works and how I can make this work for me before I can even properly engage in some of this other content. Like Joe was just talking about running the Dawn of the Infinite new mega dungeon, and I'm like, okay, that would be cool. I'd like to see what goes on, but also I no longer know how to play the spec. It is totally different. I've read a lot. I've been following the patch notes, but getting that in practice and working out a totally new rotation, I mean, that takes that takes a little time. And it's hard to think about all of these other things going on when it's like, well, actually, I don't even know how to play my class anymore because it's, it's uh, a little bit, a tiny, tiny bit upside down. Yeah, and it's not the kind of thing you can pick up in a day, no matter what anyone says. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if I had to go raiding right now, I could. I can throw together a spec, and it would probably be too much like my previous spec to be good, but I could. I could throw something together and go out there, but I really need to sit there. I need to run some LFR. I need to practice with some training dummies until I kind of figure out the rotation again, because it feels it's really off kilter from what it was before. Joe? I have been chanting Mega Dungeon for like an hour. <laughs> like uh, only so an hour. There, there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff in ten point one point five that I think is is worth looking into. But the two things that excite me the most are the Mega Dungeon because I love Mega Dungeons. Also because it's one of those it's one of those things where there's a lot of story in it, and the story being released in Mega Dungeons always excites me because it is accessible. And not like hiding content behind a raid, but also challenging enough that like, for me, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I'm getting in. You feel ex- like you walk in and get yeah. like, you know, an exposition dump. 
Yeah. So like, I feel like I'm working a little bit for towards it. And that's what I like. Like I liked, um, I liked the, the marketplace, uh, in Shadowlands. I liked, uh, Mechagon. I liked, I liked those style of dungeons. The other thing that I really, really am excited for is the evoker specialization. Augmentation is something that I think I've been asking for, for a while. I rolled my dragon and, I didn't really like either of the way that the other specs or the two current specs played. So I just let them sit hadn't touched it since now. I'm like, you know, I'm going to level up. I'm going to play around with this and maybe this will be my, this, I will finally have my dragon alt because I do like the way that the spec uh, is laid out. I like the way that it played on the PTR. Like, I just think it's, it's neat. So those are the things that I'm excited for the most. For me, it's figuring out what the heck is going on with time because <laughs> I have very little information on them and don't know how they work and don't know what they do. So uh, that's one of the reasons I logged on today is I want to start messing around with those. So they start uh, every. The other they, stuff, I mean, I can run you through some of them. <laughs> well, uh, sure, yeah. I mean, when when I'm around, but, but I, mean, I will it's, also it's, say it's, that it's the holy paladin changes have me interested in playing my paladin. Because um, I had kind of given up on that, and it's not that the holy paladin changes are so great that I'm like, it's more like, ooh. Everybody doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> so if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just one of the crowd. Nobody will You're... specifically notice that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> getting in and getting in a good time. I, honestly, though, it, it is something that I think about a lot with this kind of content. Uh, 0.5 patches are usually pretty good for coming back because there's enough new stuff that people are all kind of on the same boat, but the new, but the, uh, there's enough stuff that's established that you can get in on the, in the groove of it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I've been thinking about. But on the other hand, Diablo four exists. And in my God, uh, I've, I've currently got one character like into the eighties and, and I don't, I haven't gotten to play her in like two days. So at this point, my hands are like twitchy. Um, and I'm one of the characters, like almost 50 would be 50, except that I'm deliberately trying not to level this character too fast because my wife and I play together. And this is mm-hmm. the character that is strictly from when I play with my wife. Uh, and then there's two others that are getting there. And I haven't gotten to play a necromancer yet, which is like, oh no, I have to play a necromancer. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff in Diablo 4. And then, you know, other stuff is happening, which we'll talk about later. Also, I got to say the baby dragon babysitting thing is one of my favorite ideas. Like just as the same time that I think it could be an absolutely horrible mistake, because, you know, in our hands, all things become chaos. I do still love Mm -hmm. that they put something like that in. I love when they put in little things. And that they have a fair amount of de- development in depth to them, but it's just baby dragons. You don't, it doesn't have to all be, you know, the fate of the cosmos is at stake. It's just <laughs> baby dragons. Go hang out with them. Cause I'm telling you, if there were actual baby dragons to be hanging out with, I would probably do that. I mean, yes, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can see lots of downsides, but I'd still go do it. Cause you know, I've had cats for years. So yeah, I, I know all about pets with downsides. Um, but I love those little maniacs. It's, it's funny how all of this is going on, but also we can, it's like, okay, we need a dragon babysitter. Can you help? I know, you know, there are the primal incarnates and there's this weird time thing going on, but we really need a babysitter tonight. Could you please well, come over? If you've ever like, known yeah, anybody yeah. who worked, yeah. Like if you've ever known anybody who worked in like daycare or at a vet's office or anything like that, you've all heard that voice of utter, just please, I need somebody <laughs> for just 10. I need to t- just drink some coffee and sleep for like a little while, please. You know what we're talking about. Or a new parent. Um, mm-hmm. Or people who just got a new cat or dog. Like the, the first <laughs> yeah. week you get a dog, especially if it's a puppy, a brand oh, new puppy. Gosh. Oh my God. That animal, it's like, it's an explosion of sunshine, which you think that'd be great. But it's like, think about like a, um, the moment in a fireworks show where like the big finale happens. Now imagine it was just all sleeping and the big finale over and over <laughs> again. Like, okay, it's, it's asleep. It's asleep. We got a few minutes. Boom. Da, 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 da. Oh God, not again. It's an explosion of sunshine in your life, but it's still an explosion. <laughs> yes. It's like a strobe effect. That it's, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God. Oh God. Help us. So yeah, I, I definitely like that. They're putting that in there. I do like that. Um, there's a lot of events and unfortunately because Liz and I weren't synced up on time, I couldn't get into the main email. So I have to scroll down here. Uh, going to talk about the Twitch drops, uh, the picnic basket toy that's available through Twitch, uh, to the 18th of July. So a week or so next week, it will be 
over, right? Because this is the 11th and yes. seven days. Yeah, so the 18th. Yes. Um, so next Tuesday, uh, you just have to watch four hours of World of Warcraft content on Twitch, and you will get an adorable picnic basket toy. Meanwhile, Amazon's also getting in on this to the 27th with the Swift Shore, Shore Strider. Yeah, Swift Shore Strider. My brain always wants it to be the Swift Shovel Strider, and I don't know why. Uh, my brain always wants to go Swift Shoe Strider. Yeah. So. It's like your, your, your brain's just cutting a letter out. My brain's sticking more letters in. I don't know. Maybe that says something about what we are who we are. And I'm just but thinking regardless. that Chocobo looks weird. <laughs> well, yeah, but you think that about everything. I remember that time you went to the, you know, the 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 zoo, and like, you know, every time a bird was around, you were like, "Huh, that chocobo looks weird." That that's a that's a that's a camel. That's a dramatic camel. That's to not be even fair, a bird. Joke. To be in my defense, that is a weird chocobo. Yeah, <laughs> well, true enough, I suppose. But yeah, that's going till the twenty seventh. Um, we also we already mentioned the patch. Of course, we were literally just talking about that. So that, I guess that's pretty much all the World of Warcraft stuff to talk about right now i mean there's going to be more obviously but right now that covers it there's a, i mean there's a ton in 10.1.5 that we have barely even scratched the surface on but uh to a certain degree it's all fairly new so it's not like we can sit here and tell you all about running the dungeon yet when none of us have gotten to um but yeah i, I will at this point mention something that i think is pretty important actually in that uh in two days diablo immortal is going to go have the blood knight class go live uh, on the 13th of July, the Diablo Immortal is, is putting the first new class in a Diablo game since uh, since the the Crusader in well, uh, Diablo. Yeah, it's in Diablo three. So yeah, mm -hmm. and Witch Doctor. Don't forget the Witch Doctor came during that game, though. Oh yeah, the Crusader fair, but, actually came out after. But it's still a new class, I guess. Ah, whatever. Well, for that matter, the monk was new. I mean, if we're gonna say that, you know. Sit, let, well, let's put it this way. The first new class in a Diablo game since Diablo 3. Fair. Because, yeah, all those classes we mentioned were new. Diablo 4 doesn't currently have any new classes, which I think is fascinating. Yet. Uh, yet. Well, I mean, obviously, two expansions. Who knows? Um, but I still think that's really interesting uh, to, to think that the, the first time we get a new class in a Diablo game in 2023, it's in Diablo Immortal. So uh, the Crusader came with Reaper of Souls in 2014. Mm -hmm. That was our last new Diablo class. Yeah, and then we get the Necromancer, but that wasn't a new class because we'd already had the Necromancer once. Uh, so yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm consciously optimistic about it because the thing about Diablo Immortal is the thing I don't like about Diablo Immortal is is plain and simple the the item is not the itemization. It's not playing the game. It's the monetization of it. Mm -hmm. It is just played up the monetization. Uh, I might go reinstall it and see if it's if it's eased up a little. Uh, it, if it is not, then I'm not going to keep putting myself through that. I know it has eased up a little, but I don't think it's eased up enough that it actually is going to feel smooth. Yeah, and, and Diablo, the problem with Diablo Immortal is that it's a really great Diablo game. It is such a good game, and it plays so smoothly. I used to play Immortal... Uh, on on my phone, on my iPhone, but casting it to my 55-inch television. And it played great. It looked great. I mean, this is an amazing Diablo game that feels like Diablo, but runs on your phone or your tablet. And I just, it's great. It's a great game. But then every time you log on, it nags you to go, hey, come to the store and get this thing. Oh, hey, you have to claim this free thing in the store. Hey, don't yeah, you want to buy some... Orb they, things. And they got their farm villain so Diablo. Yeah. It's so naggy. And, you know, you hit, I mean, you can play through the story. The story's fun. The gameplay's fun. But you hit a wall eventually where you, progression really slows down unless you start handing over cash. And that's, that's so annoying because it is a great game. It's a really solid video game under all those layers of monetization. Yeah, and the worst part is that Diablo 4 has shown us that they know how to do a system where you can completely freaking ignore it. I haven't even looked at it yeah. since I started playing it. And I know full well that when I play um, the season, I will use the Battle Pass exactly as much as I have to and, and no more. And I don't have to do anything involving money. Yeah, I don't feel compelled to with Diablo 4 either. It's I feel like there's plenty there. They haven't even mentioned the, the store. All I know about the store is that occasionally I notice that there's an exclamation point next to the store and that's it. And I mean, I get why that's not necessarily the approach you want to take for a mobile game because mobile games tend to be 
a lot more. Hey, 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 I, I, I couldn't help but notice that you're trying to play a video game without spending money. Can I help? <laughs> Listen, it's I'll like take you- Clippy over normal over the monetization <laughs> of those games any day of the week. Well, if Clippy starts doing them, then you would definitely be like even more upset by them or tingle for it's tingle from, from the Zelda. No, you mean Navi. No, I mean tingle. Uh, Navi is annoying. Hey, 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 but tingle is disturbing. Uh, <laughs> oof, that guy. <laughs> what is the deal with tingle? We could no, we, we can't get into that now. This we have so much else to talk about. Um, but yeah, that, so that's happening uh, so on the Diablo we, front. Go ahead. Did we actually talk about the new class, the Blood Knight? Not even a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm actually glad you're here, because I wanted to bounce this <laughs> off both of you. Um, what do you think about the concept behind this class? How would you explain it to people if you were trying to explain the Blood Knight um, to, to a new player? I'm going to go with Liz first, because she... she I mean, it's... Uh, yes, I, I jumped into this one. I mean, you're you're like a half vampire. You've got... And I mean, that's a, that's a trope we've seen before. And even... You even see necromancers and necromancer abilities play into this sort of thing. It's uh, you have these powers against blood. You can use this to fuel you up the fact that you're like a vampire hybrid. And uh, but there's a balance. You don't want to fall all the way over into vampirism. Uh, I mean, it sounds like an interesting class. My only concern would be that kind of its blood based abilities lean too far towards the necromancer skill set. But I don't know. It's uh. Also, you know, I watched the trailer for them, and all I could think was, like, Venthyr and Sire Denathrius, because that is their complete, complete aesthetic. That's yeah. the whole thing. If, you, if you're familiar with that, you will be familiar with the Blood Knight. Well, I, I honestly was thinking of, of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but, you know, yeah. that's because the Venthyr basically just reached <laughs> over to the, you know, the, to various Castlevania games. Oh, Yoink. yeah. That the that um, the entire land is basically what if Castlevania but MMO. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it is very much that. Uh, but one of the things I thought was interesting was that the, these guys, the Blood Knights, they feel like a kind of hybrid caster melee thing, which we haven't really had a lot of in Diablo, unless you think of all casters as being melee, because you can pretty much just do all your caster stuff while things are right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and certainly, I would say that a druid in d4 druid is definitely is, a hybrid yeah yeah and that's what i kind of felt like the blood knight was kind of like what if a barbarian but a vampire and Which, not in the not in the case of they don't really feel like a barbarian but they're, they 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 have that kind of up close now, melee thing now hear me out the groundwork's already there in diablo 4 for blood knights it's already there like oh yeah, it, yeah. it's only a matter and, of t- there's only a matter of time I mean, vampires the, vampires be everywhere yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the blood vampire, vampire knights are already in the game. They're just mm-hmm. ones we blow up. Yeah, and for that matter, I mean, some of them could be like, "No, this is wrong. What we're doing, we must fight against this corruption." You know, that that's all built into the whole cathedral thing, anyway. So who knows? But yeah, it is interesting. It's an interesting class with a, with an interesting playbook. Um, I don't know how much I will personally like it, but I definitely think there is a there's room for it. Uh, quite frankly. The fact that Immortal was also using nothing but classes from a previous Diablo game um, was a little well, weird. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Diablo 4 did the same thing. It came out with a bunch of familiar mm-hmm. old favorites. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things I'm thinking about a lot. So I am interested to see how this works, um, to see like this new class get... get I want to see it get a fair shake. Um, mm. I'm also curious if they use it to make a thematic connection between what's going on in Diablo 2 and Diablo Immortal and to some degree Diablo 3 and in, and then say oh, this is how it got carried forward 50 years later in Diablo 4 because there's a lot of stuff in Diablo 4 that, that references previous Diablo games but since we were never in some of these places like the Fractured Peaks are almost entirely new to us um, same with the, the Dry Steps and the part of Kedjistan we go to that's the only real part we've actually seen before and then only the stuff around uh Chaldeum. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me, like in terms of getting a sense of like how these games interrelate. Uh, I think that, that we're definitely going to see that as the various uh, seasons come out, uh, which I guess we can talk about in a little bit. I, I, I mean, you guys have anything else you want to say about the Blood Knight before we move on? Uh, well, maybe I'll go from the Blood Knight to a little tangent here. We're talking about the Blood Knight in the context of Diablo 4. What do y'all think the next Diablo 4 class is going to be? Will the Blood Knight be making the jump to Diablo 4? Because I think we're all waiting to find out what the next class in D4 could be. 
I oh, okay. Go. She said me as well. Yep, go ahead. I've been thinking about this a lot because one of the things that I felt was like a really noticeable lack in this game was a a light based character like the Paladin or the Crusader. Mm-hmm. Um, we see both Paladins and Crusaders and and of and a third group called the Penitent Knights, all using the light, all doing it differently. Um, Crusaders seem completely floundering and lost in this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like, definitely another story for that and for for our all yeah. for both of them. Yeah. Uh, and where paladins are practically like there are mentions of them, but there's practically no living choosing f- the light paladins that, that we, we see because if the they last, exist, they're not here because the last real like bastion of the paladin order was there's a whole story for that too. And what happened yeah. with that? Because absolutely again, yeah. Mephisto. Thanks Mephisto. Well, he, I mean, you know, he would be only too grateful to accept your thanks on that one. You're like, yes, I did you a service. Um, but regardless, <laughs> We've got those guys. We've got the penitents. We don't see anything about the Templar Order or Cormac. Um, and I think that's sad. And I would love to see more about it. I honestly find myself wondering still if that Templar kind of class could show up. If there could be so, some form of paladin-like character. But I, maybe not a paladin. And maybe not like anything we've seen before. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with it, too. But I, I, I want to... I'll shut up and, and finish, let you finish. I think but. I was pretty much done if you want to go. I can say more, but... I, I think the groundwork is there for not a paladin and not a crusader, but a hybrid in between. Because there's a lot of quests that deal with finding out what happened to the paladin orders and the crusader orders. And the Crusaders have always been a um, master and apprentice. The master dies. The apprentice takes over the 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 mastership. Same way as like the the hunter, the demon hunters, and, and things like that go. But I think that you're going to see something different. I think there's going to be a shield based class, a light based class, a shield based class that isn't going to be either of those, but pays homage to it. And Matt brought up the Templar thing. That's kind of where I was thinking, like it would be a really good opportunity to bring the Templar in having sort of like powers similar to the paladin and wielding the light and sort of like the same sort of like moral obligation of the crusaders and kind of like melding them into their own thing and giving us a new class that fills that role because we and don't plus, really have a yeah. shield class right now. Yeah. Just necromancers and, and necromancer. Like Hello. Yeah. But, that, yeah, but that's your, 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 a caster damage dealer. I don't traditionally view you as more of a, yeah. a I'm in your oh. face, hurry up and attack yeah. me type class. Yeah. Necros are interesting though, but, but to get back to it, I think one of the things about like the Templars is they have an interesting history mm-hmm. of being people that were eventually, essentially brainwashed. They had their memories stolen. They had no idea who they were. Yeah. They were tortured until they had no memory. And then they were in bot. They came into the Templar order. And now that they, they could draw upon the light and use their powers, but they had no knowledge of themselves. And at the end of Diablo three in Reaper of souls, we kill the grand maester. Mm-hmm. Uh, we basically defeat that regime. And in its place, the only Templar of any real note is Cormac who helped stop Diablo and is thus a hero. And so what happened after you know we we managed to stop uh, Malthiel, but practically everybody was dead. What did Cormac do? We know what one of there- the companions did. One of the companions is in the game. I'm not saying who, in case you haven't played it. Yep. Uh, but the other two, we don't know what they did. And I think that would be a really good way to get uh, an idea of what's been going on. Like, because and- sure, the the cathedral happened, but what about other people who still worship the light but didn't necessarily buy Inarius? So yeah, there, there's a lot, to, a lot of possibilities there, and, and I think there's two other real strong possibilities that the game hints at as well. One, I do think Blood Knight will eventually come to Diablo because again, there's just too much in just the main storyline that if you just play through the main storyline, it's there. The Chalice of Blood, the whole nine. Yeah, uh, what is the deal with that? Why was that Chalice of Blood in a supposed holy site? Yeah, and I think the part of the reason is probably going to be Blood Knight. Um, <laughs> The vampires are all over the holy sites. Do we see vampires anywhere else but like holy sites? Only the holy sites. Because yeah, they're they're wait, wait, all wait. over the place. Holy sites or weird abandoned cities underground. Where which were those cities were what once bastions of humanity or uh holy sites themselves. Like you you're going to like fallen barracks or fallen towns, fallen uh, keeps and things like that and you see them there. The uh, the third class that is very, very likely, and I would definitely stake, like I'd hang my hat on this one, I think we're going to get witches at some point. 
And yeah, I, yeah. I would be very happy with that because I think they have one of the more interesting, um, interesting existences in Diablo and probably would be a far less problematic inclusion than the witch doctor was. Um, yeah. They feel less like a, like the witch doctor for a lot of its stuff felt like it was a bad taste joke. Now mm-hmm. I, th- the, the question that I have, and this is before, before moving off of this, we're getting two expansions. If they follow the Diablo two expansion route, which I'm not saying they would, or why would they, but this game has a lot of like Diablo two feel to me, like in the, the I'm compelled to play type thing. Um, mm-hmm. They introduced two classes when they did an expansion. So what if our first expansion gave us two classes, maybe the Blood Knight and maybe the Templar, or maybe the Blood Knight and maybe the Witch, um, and then the second one gave us another two. So we have three very likely candidates. Is there a fourth type of class or class archetype that could be added as well? Liz? Well, the thing is, a lot of the classes that I would bring up that I've enjoyed in previous Diablo games have kind of been rolled into other classes. Like, I remember the Assassin in Diablo 2, which I thought was really fun. You were really focused on setting traps of different types, but that's been rolled into the Rogue. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, the, yeah, the Rogue doesn't have the versatility with traps, but it has that tool set. Um, Obviously, I think about the Amazon. I d- there are no real story ties for an Amazon at this point in the game. Oh no, that's not true. That's not true. They're, 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 really? The, the, okay. whole, the whole sightless eye. eye. The sightless eye is well, a huge one. Well, sightless eye. Okay, yeah. but hmm, yeah, okay. that's a big hmm. one because that's a big part of their backstory. Yeah, it's from it, like this, the I want to know Spobos. how he got it. Yeah, how did he I get thought- it? Well, we did. He, I thought the sightless eye was tied to the original Diablo rogues, not it the was, Amazons. Am I the Amazons it was stolen from the Amazons by the, by the original rogues who yeah. were oh. themselves Amazons who defected because they didn't agree with the other Amazons about how to use the sightless eye. Yeah, the original yep. rogues were a secondary, they were an offshoot of the, the Amazons. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, maybe Amazon. The sisterhood I, of the sightless eye, specifically, right? Right. Hmm. I would like to see some Amazons here because Amazon was always my favorite. Game I've wanted them class. to go to forever. And I mean, it had, it did have kind of a unique tool set. It was a character class who could attack from melee or ranged. And it was just a skilled being from either one of them. And you could swap between them really easily. Of course, that sort of hybridization seems really common in Diablo four. It's very easy to sort of switch between being in melee and being at range for most the, classes. I got but, the uh, the achievement for when you're like you you do a lot of kills at range, and I'm mm-hmm. like, what? I'm playing a barbarian. How did that happen? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, a lot of my abilities hit things like thirty feet away, like mm-hmm. upheaval or the chain thing. So yeah, okay, yeah, it makes sense. So you're right, definitely. I'm I'm agreeing with you on that. So, Plus, it feels like they deliberately took a lot of the Amazon's versatility and and folded it into the rogue. The rogue feels like, mm-hmm. hey, did you like this class? Well, here it is. Did and you that, like the original that, rogue? That here it said, is. Though, the rogue, sorry, go the ahead. rogue also the rogue also feels a lot like a Diablo three demon hunter yes. to the point where it uses a lot of the same skills, a lot of the same skill names. Uh, and to the point where I'm just like, why didn't you just call it a demon hunter? Except to change the story around a little because it feels a lot like a demon hunter. It's such a, it's such a mishmash of previous Diablo classes all squished together. Yeah, it's like it's got the name Rogue, and that yeah. of course brings in the idea of of the Rogue from D from the original Diablo. Uh, but it definitely you mentioned the assassin and the both the assassin and the Amazon from D two, and it's got. Demon Hunter from D3. So yeah, it's definitely like, yeah, here's everything you know, that might even remotely resemble that. You know, the interesting thing though is this could be a very interesting opportunity for them to reimagine what an Amazon is in Diablo terms. We haven't seen them in since Diablo 2. There's yeah, been so yeah. no mention years. So close to 70 years, they've been isolated. They haven't had the they the, they've had that schism. And if rogues were the offshoot, the the sisterhood of the sightless eye or, or, or offshoot that that became what they are now and your lineage as a rogue harkens back to that, which is why you have the melee and the, the range thing. Reimagine what an Amazon is and introduce it. Maybe it's more wonder woman esque. Maybe it's more battle master. Maybe it's more, uh, you know, maybe it's augmentation evoker, right? Like you could, <laughs> but I mean, you could, you could really play around with the idea of what has happened in 70 years to Amazonian society and maybe what they hold like how that has shifted as far as a playable class. I personally would love to see an Amazon again. I want to go to Scovos. 
Like, if we don't go to Scovos, I'm going to be very upset. Um, yeah, I definitely want us to go to Scovos. I want us to go to Zansal because I know a lot of people want Zansal, and you'll get really upset with me if I make you think you're not going to get it. But I, for me, Scovos is my number one. I, I, we haven't seen it ever. Yeah, because I mean, we have because never been we've never game. seen it. We've never seen it. We know that it is. We know that these the Ascari homeland is there, right? Um, we know that uh, the original what is it with uh, Philios? Right, was the first mm-hmm. generation Nephilim that that founded that? Philios uh, was the angel. Philios was the, the angel. The, that's right. Ascari yeah, was the uh, the Nephilim, and that was they Lycander. Were in love. I thought Lycander was the. Um, the angel. I mean, maybe it was. I thought it was this guy, but Ascari might have been the one who took off, took took in charge after. I don't have the notes in front. Of me. But remember that Philios and the Nephilim were in love. Oh like, no, Philios, Philios is the Nephilim. Yeah, I looked it up. Okay, yeah. okay. So they were in love, and it was to to con- to contact that angel after they left that the sightless eye was originally used for. It was originally basically a radio into heaven, which is why I think it will be used. Uh, uh-huh. In one of the expansions, because yeah. we don't know what's going on with heaven or Tyrael or any of it. And you know what? I just and had a weird thought. We just had Ca- we have Cassia in uh, Heroes of the Storm. They have a new template. They have a template for a brand new Amazon right there. Sorry, totally. Well, for that matter, I don't think her template in Heroes of the Storm is that much different than the D two one. I mean, it's different. It's all it's, it's all about phalanx fighting. Huh? Fair enough. You could- I honestly feel like there should be like they should be a, a Amazon style that is very much like the spear woman idea, like the javelin throwing idea that they had. And there should definitely be a, a, a way to go as an Amazon that just makes you like an, an outright tank. Heck, that could be the, you know, the, the, the light using class that we talked about. It could be an Amazon. Hmm. Like, yeah. Amazon's because Amazon's have that whole relationship where their founder was in love with an angel, and that's what they were using the sightless eye for, and that, was to contact that angel and, and get advice. And I'm, I mean, and I'll read this off because I just found it and I tossed it in chat because I think it's interesting. Cassia was changed by her ordeal, having seen hatred, terror, and destruction firsthand. She decided that if the Iskari were to survive the coming darkness, they needed an army. Thus, she returned to Scovos to begin training her fellow Amazons immediately. She ascended through the ranks mm-hmm. of the Amazon cast to become their most legendary commander. She received the rank of War Matron and received the war matron's armor from queen zara herself so like yeah there you go there's your in completely new amazon let's go i'm here let's i'm here for it let's let's Especially do this since that was decades ago yeah so yeah you've had lots of time for them to develop new ways in isolation and her maybe she's able to call the lightning and the light maybe her attacks are, are the, their attacks are light based oh man i don't want this i want this very badly <laughs> So yeah, th- there is a there's a lot of room there. Did did you actually are you done, Liz? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I mean, so, y'all y'all hit most of the things that I was gonna go into. Okay, we should move on to some stuff that's like you know, um, Overwatch Genesis has got its second episode. Um, I think t- in two days on the thirteenth, and the last episode will be next week on the twentieth. So it's like every Thursday, I guess. Every Thursday, yeah. Yeah. So that that is also that's around the same time that the Overwatch Summer Games started today. Uh, so we should mention both of those things. So if you're an Overwatch player, that stuff's happening. Um, they've already they, have they already sold BlizzCon tickets, or is the seven twenty two date the first time? The uh, they first sold Blizzcon anyone, right? tickets. Yes, so, uh, this on past the weekend. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they sold out. They took a little longer to sell out than I expected. You know, oh, like I mean, they I, are more expensive than usual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sat down through the ticket queue just to see how the ticket queue worked, and it's like I got through without any trouble. So that might be another issue. I mean, actually, maybe people are afraid being able to actually get in and get them. Oh, this isn't I, how this works. I should be getting kicked out <laughs> repeatedly. What do you mean it works? Ah, existential it's, crisis. It's, it's it's terrifying when you just go down to sit to buy a BlizzCon ticket and you just get a BlizzCon ticket. Is that how that's supposed to go? Hmm. Uh, that's but the, the, the ticketing process seemed pretty smooth. And uh, hopefully if you were hoping to go to BlizzCon, you got a BlizzCon ticket. Hopefully. Uh, if not, hopefully. if not, you've got another opportunity on the 22nd, which will be another Saturday. So I'm pretty sure the 20th is a, is a Thursday. So yeah, yeah. yeah 22nd will be a Saturday, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so yeah, th- that's that's out there. If you want to go to BlizzCon, um, 
Got some Diablo 4 stuff to talk about because I don't know if you really? guys noticed. Yeah, I don't know if people noticed, but last week we found out a little, little tiny thing, which was that uh, season one is going to be launching on the 20th, which is next week. I believe, in fact, we're eight days away, according to the little ticker on my uh, on my uh, Battle.net app. And yeah, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> Who wants to talk about the season of the Malignant first? Want me to do it? I'll do it. Okay. Um, so what we're getting is the season of the Malignant. Um I was kind of thinking that somebody would jump in there and no one did. You Uh, wrote the post. I know. Uh, The season of the malignant, well, I wrote one of them. There have been a lot of posts because a lot of stuff's happening. Um, First off, the season of the malignant is coming on the 20th, as we said. It's going to be not, it it is not a continuation of the story from the main campaign. It is after the main campaign's events, it does not continue that story. So Lorath doesn't show up and take you on a treasure hunt. Narel doesn't send you an email going, yeah, I'm in Zeon Sol. Everything's great. It, it's th- those characters don't appear. Uh, what happens is you get a letter from a former priest of the cathedral of light named Cormard. Carmord. I can't Carmod, something like that. Carmod, Carmord. I cannot pronounce his name, even though I've, I've read it a million times now. He, he sends you a letter saying, Hey, uh, there's these new monsters and they're completely filled with horrible evil called malignants because I, I, I guess I just like the word and I need your help to rip their hearts out and use the power in those hearts to create jewelry <laughs> that you will no, then wear. It, it is sanctuary. So it kind of yeah. follows the theme that you would rip out monster hearts and then yeah. make jewelry out of them. Yeah. It but fits. If, if the first time I read about it, it honestly reminded me of, I don't know if you guys did this when you were in like, you know, the lower grades, but like from kindergarten to second grade, we'd have craft time mm-hmm. and we'd end up a lot of times making stuff like little rings or little hats in craft time, you know, out of paper mache and so forth. So I just imagined uh-huh. a bunch of sanctuary kids sitting down <laughs> and sticking monster demon hearts, like in this like paper crown for their mom or something, you know, it just, but yeah, that basically now that I'm done having my fun here, the uh, malignant hearts are basically used in a, a ritual to summon a even more powerful malignant demon that when you just feed it, will give you a, a caged heart and caged hearts can be socketed into various gems. I think it's Here's, uh, rings and amulets has been what I've seen that have it. In, let me, in, go ahead. Go. Let me cut in with just one little thing. You know, the caged heart thing, they were talking all about caged hearts on the developer live stream. Mm-hmm. And then they, if you read the blog post, they don't mention caged hearts at all. They only call them malignant hearts. So I'm just yeah. wondering, I wish that they would wonder- do that. I, yeah, I, I think it's just a malignant heart. I actually I actually edited that out of that post because that's, that's really annoying because yeah, it's like I watched the video, man. Uh, Why do I, I watch the is, video if you're just gonna change it on me, guys? This is this is like just writer problems where it's like we watch them and then we like dutifully transcribe what they said and write blog posts and then it's like no, actually that's not what we call it at all. We're just but, we're just here talking off the cuff. Regardlessly, they they you, you kill the monster, you get the heart out of that monster, and now you can socket that thing into your gems, uh, into your you know, rings and amulets. And the, there are four kinds of sockets based on colors. There's like red one, blue one. I can never remember the third one. And then there's there's three sockets, but there's four gems. There's red which ones, is, blue ones, the color that I can't remember. And then there's one that can go into anything, which, which is, is obviously exactly- the best one. Exactly like it was in Warcraft back yep. in the day. Uh huh. It's it's basically mm-hmm. Burning Crusade gem crafting. Uh, except yep. <laughs> you know we weren't just mashing demon hearts into our rings. <laughs> it's yeah. it's weird to think that it's like in World of Warcraft we were actually a little more sensible than we are in Diablo. Diablo yeah, because usually World of Warcraft we're like straight up. Hey, um, this hat is made entirely out of the blood of an old god. I'm gonna put it on my head. <laughs> Right, I'm near, right near my thinking needs. I'm gonna just put them right on there. I don't think I need them. It'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the basic gist of it. You you go to these places called malignant tunnels, I, and every time I say it, I feel like I'm I'm at a doctor's office getting bad news. Um, but you you go into the malignant tunnel and you fight a whole bunch of monsters, and those monsters drop malignant hearts that you can directly socket. You don't have to do the thing where you summon an even more powerful one and kill that. Uh, you just can straight up farm for the things inside the malignant tunnels. Otherwise, it's basically like a dungeon, but it, I think they're just kind of randomy dungeons. It's not like it's not like go to a dungeon that's already established and mm-hmm. fight for malignant hearts. It's just random tunnel full of monsters. However, at the end of any malignant tunnel you do is a new boss. Um, I want to say Vashon the 
consumed. I hope I'm right. Uh, I I would have to look that up. I think it starts with a Z. I don't think it's a Z. I think it's a V based on when I wrote the post. I know I I kept saying, I kept thinking it was like the cake company. Um, So I'm like, what? Like the cake company? I guess they are consumed, but I don't, I don't get what we're doing here, but regardless you you fight him. He's a new boss. Uh, One presumes he will have new mechanics and be a new pain in the butt and you kill him and he drops new loot. uh, And of course, more stuff that you can put demon hearts into. If, if that's what you're doing, which which it is, that's the season theme. And the basis of the, the whole idea behind the Malignant Hearts, which I don't think I mentioned clearly enough, is that they add really interesting new powers. It isn't just like gems in the game right now are like, you know, if you put this gem in a ring, it will give you some armor. If you put this gem in your sword, it will give you some life on kill. This isn't that. This is like literally legendary powers. Some perhaps even more powerful than legendary powers that you can just stick in your, your ring. And and you can have I think you can have up to three of them, uh, and you can get new and more powerful ones mm-hmm. as you do higher level uh, stuff. You can you can only put these gems into jewelry, so that's two rings and an amulet. Yeah, so you can have one of these things right there on your neck, and then one on each hand, I guess, in case you really just want to let everybody know that that you're into pulsating horrible demon guts on and, your, your and, fingers. And you do because the pulsating demon guts have really cool powers, and mm-hmm. as we discussed. That's all adventurers care about. Yeah, loot and or achievements. And there are achievements to be had. So yeah, there's that too. Um, but yeah, that's that's the basic deal with the season theme. Uh, but in addition to that kind of stuff, we are also getting six new unique items. And I don't know if those items will be available outside of the season. Um, they didn't say specifically. Uh, not not in anything I read and not on the, on the stream. Mm-hmm. I know that you will not be getting the, you know, you won't be doing anything with the hearts if you're on the eternal realm, that's a season only thing. And they're, they've said that at right now, there's no plans for this to roll into Diablo four. Um, the way that some stuff did back in Diablo three, like the, the, the nightmares season of nightmares, where you were going to the nightmare realm and, and fighting harder and harder things that came in and became part of Diablo three. There's no idea of this doing that unless it's really cool and everybody wants it then they might, but they want to be free to like, just throw in weird powers and go nuts with it. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're doing here. Um, trying to think like, uh, this is ahead. really, this is really modeled after Diablo three seasons where there's a new season. You'll roll a new character to play in the season and you don't get any of the seasonal stuff unless you roll that new character to get into the season. Yeah. Um, and, and they, they tied that into the season journey, which is mm-hmm. also kind of rolled into the battle pass. I mean, the the season journey is basically the same as it yeah, was in Diablo three. Note, yeah, note for note. It's just it's just that the battle pass is tied into the season's journey. So you progress through the season's journey, and you're gaining experience, which will advance you through the battle pass. Yeah, and there's only like I have seen some controversy about it, so I think we'll mention it. The uh, battle pass. One of the things you can do is you gain these this currency called Smoldering Ashes, which you can then spend on uh, basically season. I want to say I keep wanting to say seasonal season, blessings. I think they're called season season blessings. blessings. Yes, yeah. and the se- yeah. yeah, the season blessings are based around like you can get one that gives your character more XP, uh, or one that gives them more money, gold, or one that gives them more obols, the the currency for the 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 vendor who sells you possibly good stuff and possibly bad stuff. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know why you would ever use anything but experience, but you know, people can do what they want. Um, however, I've seen people complain about this and it is tied to the battle pass, but it is not tied to the premium battle pass. It is not a money thing. Everything from the premium battle pass, there are 27 free tiers and something like, I want to say 60 non-free it's tiers. Ballpark. Yeah. It's maybe 57. It's a big amount. Yeah. And the the non the premium tiers are all cosmetic items. It's all stuff that looks cool. That's it. They, there's nothing that will benefit your character and power. And one of the things you can do with it is you can do some skipping on the free stuff, right? You can skip some free tiers. So people are like, oh, no, you'll be able to get the uh, experience things earlier. But Blizzard is like, yes, but you won't be able to use them because they're tied to a level. And that's the level that players who don't use skips will be for around the time they unlock them. So there's, if, if if there is a power benefit, it's extremely small. And I think that is possibly the best way they could handle it, considering that it is going to be an issue. People are going to get mad about it. So 
I don't know that I kind of wish that you couldn't, you just couldn't buy a skip period. Yeah. Um, but, but I know that I, that's going to be, that's, that's when it's going to be a real hard sell because mm -hmm. that's the one that's, that's a way to make money here, guys. It's the easiest way to make money is just let people skip things. People love to skip things. So yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Joe hasn't said anything for a while, so I'll throw it to Joe first. I think they're doing the best they can with having it at all. I mean, I don't, I don't mind battle passes when they're mostly cosmetic stuff or things that are like just value adds. And I like that what they're doing here is even though there is something that potentially adds, you know, some character altering effect that everybody gets it at the same essentially time and everybody has access to it on the free tier. It's not, not something you pay for. It's not a pay to play. So like, I'm okay with it. Like I, I at least right now, if that changes, I reserve the right to change my opinion later. Uh, but I mean, it, I think there it's until I see it when it goes live and, and get to play with it and see how it feels at least on paper doesn't feel awful right now. Uh, Liz, anything? I mean, I think Diablo four, the team working here has tried very, very hard to distinguish the game from Diablo immortal because we have already talked about the really frustrating monetization with Diablo Immortal. And it feels like from day one, from their very earliest developer updates, we have been seeing them saying, no pay for power. We have a battle pass, but we're not doing it like this. We are, they've just stressed this constantly, nonstop, that the battle pass is only cosmetic. And I think, I think they've hit a good balance here. I mean, it's as much as I would like to just not have a battle pass. Come on, guys. How many battle passes do I have to play through? I am so tired of having to play through a battle pass in every video game. To Why be fair, just but maximum engagement. <laughs> you mind, at least it's not Hearthstone where you have at least four battle passes that you're not sure when you, which one like, am I using? Yeah. 10 battle passes in a trench coat. Yes. And you can progress several of them at the same time by doing the same things. Okay. Yeah, Diablo 4. <laughs> They've really taken pains to try not to make this a monetization nightmare, to try not to make this drive players away. Like, it has certainly driven us away from Diablo Immortal, even though I was just saying earlier, yeah. Immortal is a great game. Yeah, I, I liked playing Immortal. I played Immortal for mm -hmm. quite some time. A lot of the stuff that Immortal did is stuff that I know Diablo 4 looked at and said, ah, we're going to do that too. Uh, their mm -hmm. character customization is pretty close Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, there's a lot to like about Diablo Immortal, but I, in the end, I was driven away by the monetization. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left and there's at least one big story that we haven't mentioned yet. So I want to, I want to get that one out there. Um, what? a big yeah. story. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, I, Matt. I, what gets me is I begged for emails today and questions and we're not going to do any of them. This always I happens should. when you beg for emails. Yeah. I know. I feel like a jerk. Thank you in advance, Gavlin, for asking them all. Uh, I appreciate it. But unfortunately, the judge in the U.S. antitrust suit against uh, Microsoft on the Activision Blizzard purchase has ruled that they can proceed, that they're, they are satisfied that the, the steps Microsoft is taking means that they are not trying to become a monopoly, that this is not going to be an exclusive situation. Um, your, your, you know, your opinion on that? Go ahead, but that—that's the case. That the the case has has been decided, and Microsoft can proceed with their purchase of Activision Blizzard, which is, I believe, right now considered to be a, a sixty-nine billion dollar deal. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that the, is currently back on. And one thing I would say is, politics aside, like I know I've heard some people like complaining and saying that this was like, oh, it's being obstructed, and the you know the the judge is you know very clearly appointed by you know X one Z. This is a recent appointed judge. Scott Corley was the judge that uh, that resided over it. Uh, was nominated in January of 2022 and confirmed in March of 2022. So he's been in that position for only a couple of years and was put forth by the current administration. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily. Whatever your beliefs on on corporations in the United States or in the world at large, I think I'm pretty much on record of saying that they're all evil. There, like you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're evil. It, it's just a bunch the, of you know. It's basically a Cthulhu monster with a bunch of masks that wears <laughs> Yeah, the but only reason the only reason I brought it up is because it's the FTC that's filing mm -hmm. the case, and it's a federal the federal agency versus this, right? Yeah, so. but that's the whole you know in in a that's what happens with a country that has a judiciary that judges these. Uh, regardless, I I think it's worth mentioning that there are 
a lot of possible consequences to this decision, many of which we don't even know. Uh, mm-hmm. We just won't won't know until they happen. I will say that I, I've seen a lot of yay, Bobby Kotick is gone. I've seen a lot of boo, Bobby Kotick will be worth billions after this deal. Mm-hmm. Both, I can, I believe you can hold both in your heart. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's good that he will be gone, and I think it is terrible that he will be a multi-billionaire. Um, I think he's probably one now anyway, but even if he is not, he will be because oh, yeah. that's how much this deal is worth. Um, if he gets like a, a, a pittance of it, he will be worth billions of dollars. Um, there's a lot of good things about Microsoft owning Blizzard, and there's a lot of potentially bad things about Microsoft owning Blizzard. And some of them we just won't know. Uh, one thing we do know, however, is that Diablo 4 is not coming to Game Pass. Period. Unless they change their minds like down the road. But right now, the president of you know Microsoft Gaming has said straight up, this is not happening. And Blizzard has said it too. Activision has said it. This is not happening. Diablo 4 is not going to Game Pass. And I mentioned this for people who have been waiting for it too. And I know you're out there. Uh, we've had conversations. Mm-hmm. This is official, guys. If you want to play Diablo 4, buy Diablo 4. You're not going to get to try it free. I, I would personally love to see it on Game Pass. I think Game Pass is great. It isn't happening. Um, I'm going to do something a little unusual here and throw it to you guys to talk about what your big takeaways are from this. I'm uh, going to go to Joe first. As far as like what I think the big takeaway of this decision is? or uh, Of this decision, of the merger going forward. Anything that you, when you're looking at this story that you're like, oh, this this thing. There's not a lot of big standouts as far as like, oh, here's a gotcha or here's like one big thing. I think it is. It's interesting that it it's going to move forward. I actually think that's a good thing, um, potentially, ultimately. And I'm excited and nervous to see what comes next, mainly because part of that deal is like we talked about that removal of uh, the Bobby Kotick would like make the transition and then leave. And I think that that will give blizzard the best chance at recovery. The interesting thing to me is now it starts, we get this now that this is moving forward, we get to have other conversations. What does this look like for the individual holdings of Activision? Are they going to be split up into separate entities again, to focus on their individual things? Microsoft is known for doing that with acquisitions where they will split things up because now it's all still part of the same network. It doesn't have to be part of, it's one company anymore. It's under a larger umbrella, right? So like you have Bethesda doing Bethesda things, but Bethesda can be leveraged to use its tools or its properties for other things under the Microsoft umbrella, if they so choose. And there's no reason necessarily for Activision and Blizzard to remain a single entity anymore after this acquisition is finalized. And I know this is the hopeful thinking and everybody's talked about this, that it could see Blizzard spun off to its own thing again, but it is actually a real possibility. And now that conversation can start to actually happen potentially. And we can start to look to see if there are signs of that. There's no, because it's not in question whether or not the, the acquisition is going to be approved. It is. So I'm excited to see what that means for the, for that and the individual pieces of it, because Activision Blizzard King or yeah, ABK is a large, large entity with lots of moving pieces that were somewhat needed for each other at one point and now with this not necessarily so we'll see how that works out okay liz i am just concerned not necessarily for blizzard specifically in this case but i think about the gaming industry at large and obviously yes this lawsuit has just said it's not going to be a monopoly the acquisition can go through i am concerned because over the past decade we have seen more and more developers be consolidated into fewer and fewer entities. And now kind of our big game devs are Microsoft, Sony, and EA. And it's like, I'm just concerned that we have so many developers under these single umbrellas and there are fewer and fewer of them. And what does that mean for games? I don't think long-term that's a good thing for games to consolidate all the power into a small number of big corporations. But at the same time, it almost seems like just that's just a reality. That's a reality we have to face as games get bigger and games have bigger budgets. You get these huge blockbuster games with 100 hours, 200 hours of gameplay with big name voice actors. You need a lot of money. You need a lot of support. You need to, you need that kind of corporate support, but it 
it concerns me that maybe in the long term, and this is something we aren't going to see tomorrow. This isn't something we're Mm going to see the day the acquisition clears. This is something we're going to see five years down the road, 10 years down the road. How does this impact the gaming industry at large to consolidate more power into fewer uh, game publishers? And I think that I'm really frightened that this could mean we're getting fewer games. We're getting fewer games. We're getting corporately approved games that aren't experimental or different because big corporations really love to do things that are a proven success and that they, they hate, know they yeah. can get their money. They know they can get their money back on. And they absolutely hate gambling on something that they have no idea if it's going to work or not. Yeah. They hate doing things that are new or different. So this, this worries me a lot. I'm very, I'm, I'm very worried for the future of gaming, but at the same time, I think it's, this is an inevitability because of the cost of making these things. Uh, so I have mixed feelings. I hope I hope things work out really well, but uh, I'm worried, guys. I'm real yeah. worried. And you have good reason to be, because if if the growth of EA shows us anything, it's that when a company absorbs smaller game companies, maybe they don't change them right away. But the same, like it can very easily turn into a situation where a place like EA buys, say, um, I can't remember the, the company that made Ultima, Electronic Arts buys. Um, the company that made Ultima and runs Ultima into the ground. And then they buy Bioware and they push Bioware into making games they don't particularly know how to make that fit a model that the EA wants them to make. And they do this with lots of companies. And it's Mythic Entertainment, by the way. Mythic, thank you. Uh, There's lots and lots of this in the industry already. We've seen it. Um, So it is concerning. And I feel like what we've got to do at some point is come around to the idea that you don't need to have a monopoly. If every competitor in the industry kind of has an agreement on who gets what. Oh yeah. That's that's that's, collusion and fixing has been a thing forever. And that's something that's real bad in gaming Um, to a certain degree. The saving grace of Sony being one of the powers is that Sony hates playing with anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the downside of that is they then started a lot of this acquisition hunger by just buying everybody so they didn't have to play with anybody else and i of all i'm not a big fan of phil specter or or microsoft or any corporation but i will give it to specter that when he said hey we don't want exclusivity we want our games everywhere it's sony that started all this exclusivity stuff he's not wrong but that doesn't change the fact that by buying activision blizzard microsoft has just like quintupled its footprint in the gaming sphere and it was already a big footprint so yeah there's there's pros and cons to this like i said before you can be really happy bobby kodak's gone and be really really sad that bobby kodak will be a multi-billionaire who will probably Mm. pop up again and victimize more workers in some other industry i I don't know i think he's gonna i think he's gonna be on his super yacht dudes dude's currently worth 600 million dollars I think that yeah. he is not the kind of person that will retire because for him, I don't think the money is as important as the power he feels when he gets to denigrate people. Yeah, maybe you're right. And that's the case for a lot of them. So, but I think at this point we've probably talked about this enough and I guess can we go ahead. Can we go out with just some kind of happy note? Can we make up some kind of happy note to come out of this podcast I think, with? I don't think we have to make one up because I will say this. <laughs> um, I have been really heartened by seeing the community response to games like uh, Dragonflight and Diablo 4. And even Immortal, with with this recent news announcement, for all the flaws Immortal might have, I still, I, I like to see communities in gaming. And there are more communities in gaming than before. People are finding them and making them. A lot of games have them. Uh, games, like, for all that I don't play it and would never really play it, um, I've had some really good conversations with, with Fortnite players recently Yeah, because uh, I've been talking to a lot of people much younger than me. And that's what happens as you age. People are just younger than you all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you, you didn't, there's communities are happening in gaming. One of the things I used to love about BlizzCon was how they talked about the Blizzard community. One of the things I like about what I'm seeing now is that there's a lot more of the gaming is for everybody. Let's not, be gatekeepers let's not be you know the kind of people who like decide oh a woman protagonist i'm you know throwing my table over and and making angry posts that i feel like the the tide is changing things are going in a new direction and it's a good direction um it doesn't mean it will stay that way i i am certainly worried about stuff for like the people who work in the industry and so forth but i am hopeful about where this might go 
uh, not not the corporate aspects of it, but the pe- the personal aspects of. It. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of of optimism among people who are out there making communities, and I think it's a really it's a really good thing to see. Uh, if you guys have anything you want to say before we head on out, the heart and soul time. the heart and soul of gaming has always been community. Yeah, it's gamers, and that's that's really interesting because that's you know corporations they want the gamers they want the engagement but at the same time they kind of you know there's there's some pushback on communities that get too i want to say too uppity really but it it's gaming communities can be so interesting because they can be so heartening they can be so good and sometimes they also become negative pits of toxicity. I yep. want to mm-hmm. see more of these positive gaming communities. I mean, when I wake up in the morning, you know, I, I get up and I check discord and I see what my guild is up to. That's a huge part of my life. Just these people that I play Warcraft with that live halfway across the country. And it's not, it's not about playing Warcraft. I mean, we play well, Warcraft, but it's about making friends and caring about these people. And you know, getting together twice a week to play video games. I forget who That's, said this, but it was back in the, in the, in the, uh, wow insider days. I think it might've been you or Dan. Um, it might've been Alex, but someone said the, the thing they are really selling you is the meeting hall. Hmm. And it's, it's your meeting hall and you are, it's what you do in that meeting hall that makes it worth doing or not doing. It isn't, it is, they can put in all the content they want, but if you don't have people to play it with, if you don't have people to, to like yeah. experience it with, it's less valuable. And I think and that is true of a lot of these games. Yeah, if games can build positive communities or build spaces where it's possible to create positive communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they can build crap where you're getting you know continuously spammed with emotes while you're just trying to play Hearthstone and you get really mad and stop playing it. Mm-hmm. That can happen too. Yeah, yeah. But, but at least that's people. us. Yeah, at least it's that's about us. the people. So now, uh, speaking of us, Joe. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast, site, and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast for the queue, and an ads free site experience. Thank you, Joe. Uh, thank you to both Joe and Liz for being here and helping me actually make this a show and not just me rambling on for a while. Uh, especially thanks to Liz, because honestly, I think that, that, that you're asking us to come out on a high note was really the right move there. And I'm glad that you did it. Um, also thank you to Corey Gavlin, KTS stories and Setsemi for answering my desperate call for questions. Um, which we then didn't really talk about and i'm sorry about that I, every time you say that i just want to scream the beacons are lit gondor calls for aid like <laughs> yeah, every single time every time and it's it that is how it felt you guys came through i had a really rough day to, uh today was really awful so i thank you very much for coming when i asked and, and giving me the questions i asked for even if we didn't get to them because there was a lot to talk about today we're like 10 minutes over time here turns mm-hmm. out turns <laughs> out patch days are important yeah, um, and we could have talked what? more about that patch too, guys. There's, there's a lot going on there. Oh, I'm next, sure next week I'll be gonna, ta- next week I'll yeah. be talking about a lot about that mega dungeon. Trust me. Yeah, and I'm sure that this Sunday we we will probably be talking about the story stuff. One hundred percent, because it's a lot. But I want to thank you guys again. This has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, thank you for being here with us, and we'll be back next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.